0: since this morning, we had to, by law, have an AGM, Annual General Meeting, or Orschmörter. Um, and since it's been a while since I presented the vision for 2018, I thought it'd be good to look at what God has done amongst us and look forward to the rest of the year. Because our vision for 2018 can be summarised in three words. That's glory, joy and dependence. In fact, I've got it on that screen over there, for those of you who can see it. Glory, joy and dependence. Uh, glory because we exist to glorify God as individuals and as a church and he is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Uh, the more we, In other words, the more, more we find our joy in him, the more we honor him and glorify him by loving him with all that we have. We come back to the heart of worship and realize it's about him. So we should be Satisfied in him. We we were created to rejoice in the Lord, and we who have the Holy Spirit are filled with joy when we remember the gospel, when we think of our Heavenly Father, when we um think about Jesus who is our brother and our Saviour, and think about how God loves us. That's glory and joy. But we can only do that if we depend on Him. If we try and you know, bust it up ourselves, we're gonna struggle. I'm gonna feel joyful. <laughs> Doesn't quite work. Uh but we can only do that if we depend on him, and maybe that's where we struggle, I think especially as leaders uh, in the church, because, uh, you know, we want to achieve so much, I want to achieve so much, there's so many who need Jesus, so many are lost, you know, we should be 200 people by now, I'm impatient, um, if we were in Cape Town we probably would be, mm-hmm. maybe if we were in Oslo we would be, but we're in mm-hmm. <laughs> so we only need 12,000 people, so Let's adjust our expectations. <laughs> but, you know, we can't do anything without him. Everything comes from him. This church is his church, not my church. And it's not primarily your church either. It's first his church, and then it's our church. <laughs> it's Jesus who's the leader of the church. He is our driving force and our power and our leader and our guide and our wisdom, and therefore we must listen to him. Uh, we've been reading with the kids Mark's gospel, and there on the mountaintop, when Jesus was glorified with Peter, James, and John watching, and Elijah and uh, Moses are with him, the law and the prophets are with him. Um, what did God's voice say from the cloud? He said, um, This is my son, listen to him. There you go, this is my son. Listen to him. Listen to him. That's why our foundation is the word of God. And yes, we will read it um, tonight. Um, And as much as possible, it's the word of God without interpretation, without sort of twisting it. We, We let the scriptures, as much as possible, explain themselves. You know, we want people to say, Oh yes, I see where that comes from. Not, huh? So... (laughs) you know when we explain the text god's word is our lifeblood the spirit takes his word in power and he has created a church that is alive that that is actually marked by love where people are open and welcoming and take care of each other that's cool but the key to that is not us like we're just especially nice people you know (laughs) who god managed to get together it's it's the word it's here it's this 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 is our lifeblood this here, there's power, power in this. It is, it's true. It's because we're filled with the Word of God. It's perhaps a good place to talk about how many were in church last year, because uh, it's quite interesting, and of course, preparing the Oshmurta, I had a look at this stuff, how many were in, in the church service, and um, I think I've got it actually... It is there as well for those who want to look at it, but I'll I'll say what it is. We had, last year we had 52 Norwegian services and we had 50 English services. That's 102 services. That's pretty good. Uh, The morning service had an average of 15 adults and 10 children, 25 in total. The lowest attendance was 11. The highest was 69 on Good Friday last year. Let's beat that. Half of those were non-Christians, so pray. 69. 69. In fact, the year before that we had 80, so... Yes um the highest of the normal service was thirty nine and I know there are more than thirty nine people who belong to this church, so that should be bigger uh, the morning service has particularly struggled in the in the later half of the year, and the first few months of this year we've noticed it's been um, attendance has been down it's been difficult um, we'll talk about that after just afterwards what we're going to do with that um but and it was actually down by two, average of two from 2016, where the average was 27. So that's going in the wrong direction, and leaders freak out. Um, but we did have this English service all year last year. Oh, yes, remember that. And we've had, in fact, an average of 11 of us. Uh, once there was four of us who met. <laughs> <laughs> and we named and claimed... yes. <laughs> We named and claimed where Jesus says two or more are gathered in your name. And we were very grateful for the fact that it didn't say we're oh, ten or more. And um, there was once 24. That was last summer at the Leah's house. There was 24 of us. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. But both together, both services, we had actually an increase of three from 2016 and with an average of 30 on Sundays. Average of 30. That's okay. It's okay. It's not great. Because, you know, I get worried when people aren't at church. Don't worry, that's the end of the statistics. Um, (laughs) uh, I get worried when people aren't at church for one, two, three, or more Sundays. Because I know how difficult it is to live as a Christian without meeting together as this church. Just like it's very hard to live if you don't don't eat. (laughs) If you never eat, you die. Same thing as a Christian and there's too many christians who've almost starved to death because they don't use the opportunity they have to get good spiritual food i mean you mature christian what do you do first thing you do you come to a new place i need a church you know even if it's not a great church i hope this is a great church the best church you've been to but even if it's not a great church at least go you know we were a year in not a very good church but there was food for the soul while we were there it sustained us. You, get, you need to get good spiritual food. Now, I, the problem, part of the problem is it's not part of our culture here in Norway to view the church as important to me. <laughs> to me. Um, it's it's a good cultural institution. Yes, we need the church. I mean, we pay it, what, 7 billion kroner every year or something. Um, but something that I need, personally, in my life, you know, we want it there, but no one goes. <laughs> And that affects, that that view in the culture of the state church affects also how we view church as normal Christians in Norway. Something that I need, it is something that we need. It is God's gift to us. It's one of the primary ways that God blesses you. God put us together as his family to take care of each other. That's what we learned from Romans 14 last week. As God has blessed us, we treat each other with the same blessing we bless each other the same mercy and care if you missed it listen to it it's good the same grace we God has shown us we show to each other now I know that some struggle with church because they've had a bad experience of what churches and many have been hurt by other Christians hey put sinners together they'll hurt each other but don't reject God's good gift because people have ruined it with sin that's not a good plan in fact it's a good reason to find a church where the word of God and the gospel is preached. It's like healing balm for a wounded heart, and we have had some wounded hearts in this church. So if you know people who need spiritual healing, get them in here and see what God can do. Because we're be particularly special, because this is special and it roots and grounds people. Uh, that's why in these three months we spend a lot of time, particularly in the morning service, praying for people to come to church that we would feel the need to be together and to hear from from God we've also focused on why we need church last sunday was a real highlight uh, when we heard from karen i mean karen's testimony and why i need church was brilliant absolutely brilliant particularly from someone who has had some bad experiences of church and then found a church where yeah normal church basically which church should be you know um if you missed it check it out on our facebook page it is available listen to it it's worth listening to let's get to the bible open your bibles to romans chapter 11 verse 36 last verse of of chapter 11 for everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory all glory to him forever amen Everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. That's why the first thing, our theme is glory. Glory to him forever. 1 Corinthians 10.31, you don't need to turn there, you can if you want. 1 Corinthians 10.31, famous verse, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God Those are the verses the Westminster Catechism uses to answer this question. What is the chief and highest end of man? What is the chief and highest end of man? In other words, what's our purpose? Why are we here? And the answer is the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. To glorify God and enjoy him forever. We exist. We were created. We were made to bring glory to God. We were created in his image to reflect God's glory to the world and back to him just like the moon reflects the light from the sun and lights up the night sky that is what we should be like reflecting the glory of god but i love that it's not all it's not just glorify god you Now no i'm going to glorify god it says to enjoy him to enjoy him forever we were created to enjoy him we were created for his pleasure to find pleasure in him he completes us He is our joy. Psalm 73. Turn to Psalm 73. If you don't know where Psalms is, open your Bibles into the middle. Boof! It's probably there. If you go to Jeremiah or Isaiah, go back a few pages towards the beginning and you'll find it. It's a great psalm. It's a psalm of someone called Asaph and um, it is a moaning psalm. Um, It starts off moaning. But what's Great is where he ends up. Verse 25 says this Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I've made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. It's a great psalm to read, to meditate on, just where he starts (laughs) off and where he ends up. It's it's brilliant. Whom am I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. In John 17, Jesus prays for us, and he, he prays this. He says, I pray that they will be one, just as you, Father, and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. He's praying for us. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I'm in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Isn't that amazing? So Jesus prays for us. The chief and highest end of man and woman... (laughs) Our main goal, our reason for being, the highest meaning in our lives is to glorify God and to fully enjoy him forever. That joy is a scarlet thread throughout the Bible. It appears again and again and again. Last week, my dad quoted from Jude, Jude 24. And I'm reading from the King James Version because it's really cool the way it puts it. It says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Exceeding joy. Mm -hmm. To the only wise God, our Saviour, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. With exceeding joy. And my dad said, he's lived off that verse for the whole week. exceeding joy. In the in the Bible studies, uh, we read uh, we reading 1 Peter and uh, chapter 2 says uh, in verse 3 it says now you've had a taste of the Lord's kindness. You're coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple, rejected by the people but chosen by God for great honor. You are living stones that God's building into a spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests through the mediation of Jesus Christ. You offer spiritual sacrifices that please God, literally that bring God joy, or are brought joyfully, um, that, that thread of joy is, is everywhere. So why joy? Why not right thinking or good doctrine, which we do think is very important. Doctrine is very important. Right thinking is very important. But it's not most important. Because it's possible to know a lot about God without actually loving him. It is very possible to be cold and religious and not know Jesus. In fact, the devil has a better theology than you and I could ever have. He knows everything about God, but he hates him. It's interesting, in Deuteronomy, Sempton, book, Twenty-eight forty-seven in the law it says this if you do not serve the lord your god with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant benefits you've received you will serve your enemies whom the lord will send against you hmm. enthusiasm. yep with joy and enthusiasm enjoy serving the lord or else <laughs> it's a requirement in the law why Because as John Piper put it, the devil has had more theologically accurate thoughts about God than you ever will in your whole life. (laughs) Satan's problem isn't doctrine, it is delight. It's not doctrine but delight. We need to rejoice in the Lord, not just think right thoughts. That is why we put so much emphasis on the word... Unlike tonight, Uh, (laughs) but reading it the way God wrote it, because theology, doctrine is important, but it's not what keeps us alive. It's the difference between describing my wife. This is what she's like or talking to my wife. Doctrine is describing God. This is talking to face to face personal and his words achieve his purposes in us they change us they reform us they renew us and they fill us with joy see our purpose the reason we're here is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever that's what we'll spend all eternity doing enjoying him and we can experience some of that now the chief end of man highest end of man to glorify God and enjoy him forever and if you're not full of joy well think about what God has done for you and I'm going, to, <laughs> I'm going to share with you some verses about what we've been learning in Bible study and church. So these should be familiar to at least some of you. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 and 10 says this, You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. I love those verses. Those are really cool. That's who we are. And of course, here's the big favorites from Romans in some of the key verses in Romans. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. Saving everyone who believes the gospel is the power of the God. The Jesus and the Gentiles. There you go. Romans 3.21. But now God has shown us a, made to, a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We can be made right with God. Not through keeping the law. But through Jesus. Romans 5.1. Therefore since we have been made right with God uh, in God's sight by faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. We've been made right with God and we have peace with him. God is not our enemy. We have peace with God. Romans 5.10 For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, that's when he saved us, we were enemies of God and God saved us, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. I was talking to someone this morning, and they were saying exactly that. They were, had abandoned their faith, and they were, hadn't prayed for two years, chanting Wiccan goddesses' names instead. And um, that led them, of course, to sitting there with a bottle of wine and a bottle of pills and saying, this is the end. And at that moment, the Lord made them pray. First time in two years. Enemies of God, while we were yet enemies, still his enemies, Christ died for us. Isn't that brilliant? That's the gospel. Romans 8, 28 and 29, for we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. So that his son will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Everything works to make us more like Jesus. And the big one, Romans 8, 38 and 39. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons. Neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. During Bible study, Benjamin shared uh, this story. It was interesting. He said he was in hospital. He was lying in bed. He was blind and lame for some reason. He didn't explain why. But everything had to be done for him. He was really struggling. And the verse that came to mind, the Lord brought to mind, was Philippians 4, verse 4, which says, Rejoice! <laughs> I say it again. Rejoice. What? <laughs> Rejoice? Now? Rubbish. Can't be done. I'm lame. Haha. So like any good Christian, he resisted the command of the Lord for a bit. You know, like Moses. Go to Israel. No. <laughs> go and to- I can't speak. I'll send, you know, your brother. Oh, drat. Um, I don't want to go. <laughs> you know, yeah won't. But then Benjamin thought, okay, well, you know, I can't do I can't do much, but I can smile. So he decided to smile lying there. <laughs> and you know what he said? As he did that, in that very moment he forced his face into a smile, joy flowed through him. Even in the darkest moment, God is with him and he's with us. So, to our vision for 2018. How can we, as a church, glorify God and enjoy him? Start smiling. Yeah, (laughs) well, yes. (laughs) Start smiling. There goes another one that goes to rock. (laughs) 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 But that can come in, that comes in dependence upon God. It's right there. Glory, joy, and dependence. Independence and obedience. Because, you know, otherwise it becomes fake, you know. Because we are not strong, but he is strong. Psalm 127.1 has been a, a bit of a watchword for for us in this church. And it says, unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. Psalm 127.1. So unless he builds. So as I said at the beginning of the year, I have no grand plan for the year. I know what I want to happen. <laughs> but I have no power to make it happen and you know it's annoying <laughs> there's so many people who are just on the outside on the brink of, of of coming in but not taking that step there's so many of you in the church also to really take the next step in the, in the journey of faith to grow and i wish i could just reach in and just grab your hearts and say come on you know but i'm not god <laughs> I'm sure you feel the same way about certain sort of things. Maybe about me as well. Come on, man. Uh, but I'm not God and you're not God. So let's pray. I pray that will happen this year. I pray that we will grow in maturity. I pray that many would be saved. I hope and pray that we will grow to 200 people, at least 100. Wouldn't that be amazing? But I can't do anything. And neither can you, apart from God. But in his power... So therefore, our vision for 2018 is to declare our dependence on God. To say, Almighty God, our Father, we are here to honor you and bring you joy. Whatever you want us to do, we will do it. You are a good, good Father. Thank you guys for that song. (laughs) You are a good, good Father, and we entrust ourselves to you So thinking about that I want to ask you tonight how much do you pray for the church <laughs> Yes I know if you want to make a Christian feel guilty ask them about their prayer life <laughs> okay But do you pray for the church Are you pray <clears throat> are you praying for me Are you praying for Debbie Are you praying for Christian and Joanna not just now at this time but as leaders in the church Are you praying for Our parents, for Jack and Margaret. Are you praying for Mia, all leaders of the church? Are you praying for Petter, our apprentice? Are you praying for Turgay, Bible group leader? And Matthew and LJ, who are children's church leaders? And Shifty and Karen, who have helped out? And Kristen, that's right, you are. It's important. Are you praying for Colleen, who leads the singing? Do you pray for wisdom and love and joy for us all as well? you pray that we as a church will grow in love and faith so that we will shine like stars uh, in heaven for God. And people will be lining up outside to get in, to get hold of what we have. It's not impossible. It's happened. Well, you probably don't because I don't. <laughs> Whoops. So I think, can we decide tonight that we'll get better at this? That we'll set aside some time every day for prayer? And specifically for the church. You know, we have to plan. We can't just say that, oh yes, I depend on God. and You know, we must show it in prayer, in our humble attitude towards Him. And that we believe in the Word of God to to save people and not our performance. You know, whether we're good enough or kind enough or friendly enough. Oh, I hope people like me so they'll like Jesus. I think it's the other way around. <laughs> Jesus is uh, powerful enough. Because those things are important, but it is the gospel that's the power of God for salvation. Not Daniel is the power of God for salvation, and neither are you the power of God for salvation. And that is a great relief, actually. So thanks and praise to our great God, who does the impossible and saves people, even in Luton. So let's pray. Lord God, we are small and we are weak, but you are strong. So, Lord, we ask that your strength and your joy and your love flow through us. Let us be open to your leading and obedient to your word. Let us be hungry for your word, that we would seek it out where it may be found, and to suck the marrow of your life-giving words in the Bible and grow. Father, let us listen to you. Let us reject our own wisdom and obey your foolishness. And be filled with joy as we taste and see that the Lord is good. Father, we ask that you would fill us with joy. Let's be a people who are full of thanks, full of joy, full of love. Let's treat each other the way you treated us. We who are not a people have now become a people, your people. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And Heavenly Father, we are very aware that there are many who do not know you, many whom we know and love. We ask in your mercy that this year we would see many turn from death to life. Lord Jesus, you warned us strongly about how horrible hell is, that eternal separation from you. And so many are choosing it for themselves and thinking, that, "Woo, I'm going to be free from God. It's horrible, Lord God, because they cut themselves off from joy, from life, from light. So we plead with you now for those that we know, and we can just have a moment of silence now and bring before God those whom you know and love, who are on their way to hell at the moment. So let's bring those names before the Lord now. Lord God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear our prayer. So, honour the Lord in everything you do, in joy, in dependence on him. It is our vision for 2018. So, let's go and do it in his strength. So, in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer.